the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K, presented by Tap 14. Analysis and commentary to help you get your Broncos fixed during the offseason. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or listen on demand anytime in the Mile High Sports mobile app. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio, our daily podcast. That's at Ronnie K Radio, at R O N N I E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. Of course, I'm inside the locker room at practices and then, of course, at the games. This Sunday, a big one for Denver as they are on the road against the Jets. Uh, got some big injury news. They'll tell you about that here in just a little bit, as well as who needs to step up for these Denver Broncos in this matchup against the Jets. But first, our friends at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. And of course, I know it's a Broncos podcast, but hey, how about them Rockies over there on Blake Street? They'll be playing pay- playoff baseball. And of course, well, the place to be this weekend. That's going to be Tap 14. Be sure to check them out on the web for all the additional info. Tap14.com. Spell out the word 14 for me. Tap14.com is 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Just a great place to enjoy brunch Saturday, Sunday. So here's what you do. Saturday, college football all day. Tap 14. Sunday, Broncos football, Rockies playoff game. All kinds of great stuff over there at Tap 14. Be sure to check them out on the web, tap14.com. Let's start with the injury news for the Denver Broncos and the New York Jets because there are big ones. There are starters left and right that are either questionable, doubtful, or out. We'll start on the New York Jets side, who their biggest out right now is a defensive back in Tremaine Johnson. He is listed as out as he was not only uh, limited on Thursday. He did not practice on Friday, and the Jets are going to shut him down for Sunday. Neil Sterling and Sharon Peek are also the outs, but them, of course, more so depth on the offense. Uh, one of those guys questionable also in the defensive backside, Marcus May, who uh, has an ankle and a foot injury. He was limited all week in practice. He is questionable. For the Denver Broncos side, it is a big, big, uh, well, hole that they're going to try to fill if these guys cannot go. Let's start with the right tackle position, who is officially out. That would be Jared Valdir, who's dealing with that knee. He did not practice all week long. So it will be uh, likely Billy Turner trying to fill that spot over there at the right tackle position, who actually didn't do too bad of a job, at least in-game, taking over for Valdir. Uh, But certainly that is a big loss for the Broncos. Valdir, the right tackle, is out for Sunday. Two questionables. Both starters, Todd Davis, Adam Gotsis, they are both questionable for the game. They were limited on Friday. Um, I, I think you could see potentially Gotsis play here, but not Todd Davis, but we'll see how the progression goes. Davis actually didn't practice till today. He was limited. Gotsis has been limited for both Thursday and Friday, so a little bit more farther along, but of course, both dealing with their respective injuries that are big injuries, a shoulder for Todd Davis, a knee for Adam Gotsis. Broncos are also probably going to be going with Colby Watman at their punter position as Marquette King is doubtful with that thigh injury. Now, with the Broncos in this punting situation, of course, they bring in Watman, who was signed to the practice squad. Marquette King has just been not very good. There's no other way to put it. He has been not very good. He's been up and down, but overall he has been pretty bad. Of course, that big one being the shanked punt against the Kansas City Chiefs at 35-yarder, which set up the uh, Chiefs to be able to take the lead on a short field. So a lot of injuries that the Broncos are dealing with, but of course it's more than just injuries. A lot of adversity they're going to be dealing with. Coming off the loss against the Kansas City Chiefs Monday night, which was a big loss for many reasons. One of them being, obviously, they could have walked away with a division 
a share of the division lead. One more game in the bank when it comes to that division. And of course, it's the Chiefs, who many believe is the cream of the crop. And you had the game. You had the game in your grasp. And it just fell apart. So we're going to do a little bit of a state of the Broncos through four weeks. And also, who needs to step up their game? Who should you be watching for? Or who should you be evaluating when Sunday morning comes? Now, remember, it is a trip to New York. 11 a.m. start. So it is an early game. And, of course, West Coast teams going to the East Coast early games. That many times throws off a lot of those players in their sync. So it's the Broncos Blitz podcast. Be sure to check us out. MileHighSports.com. That's where you can find written stories from myself, Chandro Tarzak, Seegers, uh, uh, TJ McBride, uh, uh, Rich Kurtzman, Justin Michaels. A lot of great stuff over there at MileHighSports.com. Click on that Broncos logo and you will find all the great Broncos coverage. Uh, I, I want to get your responses as well, too, because this was an interesting topic on Twitter. I threw it up on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. Who needs to be on their game the most Sunday when the Broncos travel to New York? Also, when it comes to who you should be watching for, who really should be on your radar when it comes to evaluations, because there's a ton of them on offense, there's a ton of them on defense, and quite frankly, there's probably a couple on special teams and also some of them who don't even play the game. Let's get some of your responses. Going to start with our buddy over there, uh, Denver Huff, Andrew Huff, who says the pass rush needs to get after the rookie. Of course, talking about Sam Darnold. Keenum needs to play better. No turnovers or stupid penalties. Lots of stuff there. Let's unpack the first one. The pass rush needs to get the rookie, and let's start with the defense. Uh, absolutely agree. You know, inside the locker room this week, inside the locker room post game against Kansas City, there was a very, there was a feeling of disappointment, but also defeat. Talking about trying to get to the quarterback. And obviously, Patrick Mahomes was very much an elusive. He made a ton of great plays, and the Broncos certainly gave him his credit. But I will say this. Um, for, they they talked so much, and, and I don't want to say they used an excuse, but they very much spoke with the idea that we played our game and we did a good job as far as getting to the quarterback. It was more so just Patrick Mahomes beating us. I'm okay with that. I'm total. I think that's a very justifiable and very valid uh, thought from those defensive players because they absolutely were putting pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Now, this though, you got to back it up and you've got to put heat on Sam Darnold because this is a pocket quarterback. This is also a rookie. This is a guy who you can disguise coverages against. Look, I know he's a talented guy. I know he's the third pick overall, and and you could talk all about USC and everything like that. But this is a rookie quarterback who has not seen a lot of the more intricate defenses in the NFL. It's going to take him some time to catch up. He has obviously shown that he is not the the absolute out-of-the-gate, out-of-the-box star that some others look at Patrick Mahomes like. So, this is a game that you should be able to take advantage of. This is a game that you should be able to scheme uh, to, to disguise certain blitzes coverage, maybe show blitz, back them out. They did a lot of that against Patrick Mahomes. And we'll see if they should be able to do that against Sam Darnold. And look, if they were to be able to get home against Patrick Mahomes, they should be able to get home against the New York Jets offensive line and get to Sam Darnold. So they got to back up those kind of comments that they had last week. Because if they don't, it could be a long day for this Denver defense. Cody Rorick, who's been on the podcast, a friend of the show, 
Cody says, coordinators, run the ball if it's working. Keep Booker out of the rotation defense. Play aggressive, disguise defensive coverages. Of course, we just talked about that, but we do want to get to the coordinators really quick because there is a lot of pressure on both of them. And when I say both of them, I do say Joe Woods and Bill Musgrave. For this case, Joe Woods, you, it, it, they played some good quarterbacks. I'll give them that. So far this year, they've played Russell Wilson. Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes. And look, I guess if you want to call Joe Flacco a good quarterback, fine. Go ahead. Um, This is the first time they will face a quarterback that they could really take advantage of on defense. This is the first time this year that the quarterback is not a long-experienced guy who's been in the league multiple years, who also hasn't really showcased a ton of consistent skills that, uh, you know, make you go, wow, oh my gosh. You know, I mean, Sam Darnold's looked okay so far throughout the first couple games. So I think there's a lot of pressure on Joe Woods to get that defense to perform because of the ability that, or because really this is your opportunity now to take advantage of that offense. On the flip side, I think there's a lot of pressure here on offensive coordinator Bill Musgrave because look, Bill Musgrave is the guy who's got to make this offense work because Let's remember, while Vance Joseph is the head coach and the overlying umbrella over all of this, defense is his specialty. So I do expect Bill Musgrave in a way to take this offense and make it his and make it work. And there have been times where it has shown that it has worked. The problem is, is he just wasn't consistent with it. Of course, we saw Denver run to the tomb of seven, eight yards in the first half against the Kansas City Chiefs. It was so effective, and then all of a sudden, they weaned away. So this is a Broncos team that, look, uh, and and we'll get to Case Keenum here in a second. I got a lot on Case Keenum. But this is a Broncos offensive team that, if they just execute what they can do, I think they are a better team than you. I think they're above average on the offensive side of the football. I think they have quality wide receivers. I I think they have a very good stable of running backs, if not the two best rookie running backs in the league right now. And yes, that includes a discussion with Saquon Barkley. And, And quite frankly, I think this is an offensive line that is improved. But of course, you gotta have the coordinator pull all the triggers to do that correctly. And that is Bill Musgrave. So I think there's a lot of pressure on Bill Musgrave. And that gets me to the last man on the offensive side of the football who just, there's a lot to unpack when it comes to Case Keenum. There's a lot to unpack when it comes to Case Keenum. Let's start, obviously, with the turnovers. They've got to stop, period. Um, And I think the problem with what Denver is seeing right now with Case Keenum is the fact that they are getting Case Keenum pre-Minnesota. And this is basically the Case Keenum that is Case Keenum. Um, This is the reason why... He wasn't the highly coveted quarterback in free agency. This is the reason why he has been a quarterback that has bounced from team to team. Last year was an aberration with Minnesota. And now you're looking at the real Case Keenum, who turns the football over, who is fairly careful with the football, I guess you could say, for a majority of the time, but is not somebody who's going to absolutely will you to victories. Look, I know everybody wants to look at the two comeback victories and say, look, uh, he misses the one pass to Demarius Thomas. He hits that pass. 
They've got three comeback victories. Well, I understand that too, but I also understand that they're in that comeback victory situation because of his turnovers. It was his interception at the goal line that costed him. It was the three interceptions against Oakland that really hurt them. And look, this is a guy that is just not producing right now. And I'm sorry, there's no other way to sugarcoat this. It's time to call a spade a spade. Case Keenum is just not a very good quarterback. And I, I think there are opportunities that Denver could put him in because it is such a talented offense, at least in my eyes on paper. I think there are opportunities that they can put Keenum in to be successful. But he was never the long-term option. That was made very clear by the Denver Broncos when they signed him to that short deal. And in the short term, the production they're getting back, it's not very good right now. It's got to play better. It's got to be better. And look, I know uh, Case Keenum knows this himself. He's not a stupid guy. He knows he's got to play better. He understands that. And I think there are good games still left in Case Keenum. I'm not saying he's just a cast off. It's time to move on, period. I'm not saying that by any means. I'm saying that this is a guy that is going to give you more bad than good. I'm not saying that he won't give you some good at times, but I think we're seeing the real Case Keenum here. He's below average. This is a guy who doesn't rank in the top 20 in just about every single quarterback statistical category outside of one, and that's interceptions, only because Derek Carr and Andy Dalton have thrown more. So this is a big problem for Denver. It's a big problem for Denver in the quarterback situation, and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that they went into an entire offseason, paid $30-plus million to a guy only to really make things worse. And I'm, I'm sorry to label it that way right now, but that's how you call it. That's how you call it. It's time to drop the hopeful optimism or the fan takes. Case Keenum has not been good right now. Uh, I'm not saying he can't turn it around, but as of right now, he has just been purely bad. Getting your reaction on our Twitter feed at Ronnie K Radio, and of course you can follow us at MyLifeSports.com. It's the Broncos Blitz Daily Podcast. Diamond Rattler says Keenum, without question. Totally understand. Nick Bracken nine on Twitter says Tyler Zambrello. Oh, wait, that's Garrett Bowles. See what Nick did there on his tweet. He says, yeah, that guy, he needs to be the guy he's supposed to be. Our tackle play is the main reason Case Keenum hasn't been the same quarterback since week one. That's what Nick says on Twitter. Uh, let's unpack that for a second. Uh, Garrett Bowles, evaluating Garrett Bowles solely, has not been good. Has regressed. There are multiple plays where Bowles is caught with sloppy footwork. And, and I think that's the big thing with Bowles. Because, look, Bowles is a big, strong guy. Uh, and, and he's built like an offensive lineman that can be effective. The problem is, is the bottom half isn't working as fast as the top half is. And so the problem is, is to accommodate the flaws for the bottom half. And when I say the bottom half, I mean the footwork. Uh, he is now being, the, the problem is now he's turning his body because his footwork is too sloppy. And, and now he's being turned to where it's a, it's a 180 degree angle between the offensive lineman and the uh, line of scrimmage. He is, uh, uh, what's the word for it? He's perpendicular. 
uh, to the offensive line or, or the uh, line of scrimmage. And that's a big problem because now you have, instead of truly pushing and blocking, now you're just trying to save and hold weight here. And generally, a lot of times that leads to grabbing, that leads to uh, 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 whipping guys down, getting called for penalties, or just being particularly beat, period. So a lot to work on when it comes to Garrett Bowles. I'm not going to say that's the main reason Case Keenum hasn't been the same quarterback since day one, because quite frankly, what we saw on day one, that's what we're seeing now. Just not very good. A guy who throws the football a lot, he's going to make a couple good plays, going to make a couple bad plays. That's what Case Keenum is. And certainly they got to get better on the offensive line, but I'm not going to say that's the main reason why Case Keenum hasn't been the same quarterback since week one. But I appreciate the tweet, Nick. Uh, at Ryan Green, Ryan, our good friend Ryan Green, Ryan Green CBS, says Bill Musgrave, whatever gives him updated stats so that he knows that the running backs are averaging eight yards a carry, give them the ball. I totally agree. Give the running backs the football. And look, uh, Bill Musgrave did say in his press conference today that they are going to take off the, quote, training wheels off the team. <laughs> Don't know what that means. Quite frankly, uh, look, if you're playing in the NFL, uh, there are no training wheels. Get out there and run the football. Um, but also understand that your situation may not call for that because if Denver is down by 10 points in the third quarter, you're probably looking for a more balanced, if not pass-heavy offense, not a running one. So it, it's so hard to say just, we're going to take the training wheels off and we're going to run them 30 times a game because that may not, the game may not call for that. You may be in passing situations and then you don't want to run. So you don't want to force yourself into that situation. But I think Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay have proven, they have proven that they can run in the NFL with the best of them. I don't think anybody is questioning that. Use them when you can. Use them when you can, particularly when you have a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter against your division rival, the Kansas City Chiefs. And they didn't. So we'll see how it goes. A lot of pressure on a lot of individuals. I want to close with Vance Joseph. And look, I, I, I want to preface this by saying I don't like to talk about guys losing their jobs, okay? And I know you're you're going to hear from radio talents. You're going to hear from people on social media, you are going to hear from all kinds of different people, fire him, fire him, he's terrible, and all that. I I have to discuss it because it's my job. I don't like to talk about people losing their job. But there is a lot of pressure on Vance Joseph right now. Now, I will say this. I don't think it's going to happen as soon as many think because there's a lot of people who have asked me this week on Twitter, and I appreciate your tweets, uh, but also on the radio show on milehighsports.com, talking about if the Broncos get blown out by New York, would they move on from him? I, I think it's a tough decision to do at week five, particularly knowing that Los Angeles is coming up. There may be a easy window to do it in after week seven. Now, to give you an idea of what the Broncos schedule looks like, they, of course, will play the Jets this weekend. Then they are home to the Rams next weekend. And then it's a short week against Arizona, and that's in Arizona. If the Denver Broncos lose all three, they will be on a five-game losing streak, and I just don't see how you keep Vance Joseph after that. I really don't. 
because this is the same type of team last year where it started early hot. And then all of a sudden, if you lose five in a row, there's no difference. And, and I know John Elway talked about how Vance Joseph was drinking from a fire hose last year. And he was a, uh, an inexperienced guy probably didn't give him the best quarterback situation. The, the draft class was a disaster. That's all on Elway. And we understand that. Well, flash forward a year, Denver's been given a upgraded quarterback situation, although it really hasn't panned out that way, but they, at least they tried. Looks like Case Keenum at least can bring a competent offense to the party, which is a big deal because remember, they couldn't run last year because nobody expected them to pass because there wasn't any competency at the quarterback position. So you could say a lot of the running success, a little bit of that, just a sliver, but a little bit of it has something to do with Case Keenum and his ability to throw the football. But if you go into this Arizona game, losers of four straight, it would be very convenient to move on from a guy like Vance Joseph if you were to lose that game. I think there is a, there is a sliver of a chance that if Denver would to be absolutely destroyed by the Jets, you could see some changes. It would have to be an ugly game. I'm talking about 40 to 10 in a loss like that. Because again, the Jets are not a good team. There's also a Jets team that has a rookie quarterback. Why can't you, as a head coach, as a defensive-minded head coach, figure it out to where you can scheme against a Sam Darnold? I understand Patrick Mahomes. I understand a Joe Flacco or a Derek Carr, Russell Wilson. But Sam Darnold's a rookie quarterback, and you can't confuse him. There were, of course, the comments about uh, Chris Harris Jr. talking about the play calling and all this and that from a couple weeks ago. Very much sounded like a keep to leave from last year. See a theme happening here? So I it, it, it is a ongoing situation. I don't think it's gonna happen. But if they were to get blown out by the Jets, it may. It very well may. And of course, we talked to Les Shapiro. A Mile High Sports Afternoon Drive earlier this week on the podcast. You can find that previous podcast at milehighsports.com. He feels that they may be more adamant to moving to making that move as opposed to holding Pat. I think they will hold Pat. But that Arizona game, it would be nice and convenient. Right before, long week, right before the Kansas City road game, maybe give them a little pep in their step to possibly recoup and recover win a divisional game, then you have a Houston gimme, a bye week, and then all of a sudden, maybe things look a little rosier for the playoffs as they would go into the bye week potentially as a 500 team with seven games left. But I think it's pretty clear moving forward that Vance Joseph is probably not in the long-term plan. Um, And... I almost wonder if we're just going through the motions at this point. And if that's the case, then they should move on from Vance. Because at this point, it's not helping anybody. It's not helping either party if you have already made your decision. Remember, John Elway had to sleep on it. And then what looked like he changed his mind from firing to retaining. So a lot to get to that will happen post game. It could be based on how the game lays out. I am planning on doing a podcast right after that Jets game, particularly 
If it is an ugly game, we'll see how it goes. And you know what? It's sad. It's sad that we're even talking about this because, again, I don't like to talk about this kind of stuff because uh, the fact is, is Vance Joseph has a family. He has a wife and kids that he's trying to support. Uh, He is doing the best job that he can. And look, you know, it is one of those things where uh, a guy would be losing his job here. But at some point, you got to say enough is enough. If you're just not doing the job over a year, year and a half, well, it's time to move on. So, so Broncos Blitz Podcast, be sure to check it out at milehighsports.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at Ronnie K Radio, R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K, radio on Twitter. Be sure to follow. I'll be uh, tweeting about the game on Sunday, of course. And, of course, a lot of great coverage over there at milehighsports.com. It's all presented by Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. And then, of course, the 70 Colorado beers on tap, the 100 Colorado Distilled Spirits, a terrific, terrific weekend to go to TAF 14. Let me tell you why. A, brunch, Saturday and Sunday. B, they have nachos. C, they have beer. D, Broncos on Sunday, Broncos morning. And then, let's see, A, B, C, D, E. The Rockies are in town. Rockies will be playing, of course, playoff baseball. And I know it's a Broncos podcast, but hey, go Rockies. As uh, I think it's Kyle Freeland on the mound that Sunday there. So uh, them being a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field, this is the weekend to go. Tap 14, be sure to go check them out. Tap14.com. Spell out the word 14 for me. Tap14.com. Want to give a little love to our friends over there at Pro Football Focus. PFF, love those guys. Use the promo code POD20. It's POD20 for 20% off your subscription. POD20 for 20% off your elite or Edge memberships, I tell you what, they make me a smarter guy than I actually am. Go check them out. A lot of deep analytics, a lot of cool stuff, and a lot of cool stuff via fantasy, too. Been uh, using some of their fantasy work, and uh, it's some good stuff over there at Pro Football Focus. Be sure to check it out, profootballfocus.com. That's it for the Broncos Blitz Podcast. Appreciate you listening, and, of course, following on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio, at Mile High Sports. A lot of good stuff. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check out Archives. Other Broncos Blitz podcast at milehighsports.com. It's milehighsports.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.